Right, hello from New York. Greetings from London. Good. So today we're talking about what we're calling the battleground for scope. And what that means is with some results recently from the agency holding companies painting a relatively bleak picture of their fortunes right now, we're starting to appreciate the battleground that's occurring for the scope of an agency. And inevitably that's under threat from consultancy businesses, which has been well discussed and we'll, we'll continue to talk about that a little bit more, but also the threat to agencies from clients in housing some of that scope. We can see that there are three parties fighting over that and that's uh, something that we're going to explore in this episode. So mate, what is exactly going on now? Okay, so it's going to be another big, tough year, I think, for the big holding groups. They posted their first, well, many holding groups posted their first quarter results, and it was a mixed bag. Uh, the two big ones, WPP and Publicis, posted losses versus last year, and uh, IPG and Omnicom posted marginal single-digit improvements from last year. Uh, so it is going to be another tough year. But um, why is that? So we were kind of looking at it and, and I suppose there are three kind of key dynamics at play. The first is that there is greater scrutiny over the commercial practices of agencies by clients as they become more informed. That's the first thing. The second thing is that many clients are looking to bring more scope in-house that allows less inventory to be spent by the agencies. And the third thing is the, you know, the, the continued onslaught of the consulting businesses that are looking to encroach on kind of the agency's territory. So these three dynamics, I think, are compounding an already pretty tough marketplace uh, for the agencies. And if you remember, like, we'll link back to this, because I think it was about a year ago when, when Sir Martin Sorrell left WPP, and this is before Mark Reed took over as, as global CEO of WPP. We did an yeah. episode where we just talked about what we called the WPP playbook, we were hypothesizing about, you know, if you were put in charge of a group, you know, one of these big holding groups, what you could do. One of the principles that we set out then, and I think we're starting just to see this play out a little bit. Our suggestion was that for media, for the media agencies within these groups, they would have to decide what kind of business they wanted to be, right? We could see these slightly divergent business models. On the one hand, agencies could go down the route of being what we call a transactional business. And that's charging mm. incremental commissions on supplying data and technology primarily, and, and also you know, uh, media buying services. On the other hand, there is a more consultative business there, which is really based about people and service and ideas and strategy. That has to be paid based on its value add, whether that a fee or some other kind of incentive incentive. But they're quite divergent business models. I think we're starting to see within the group the challenges of that because I don't know if the agencies can can really effectively nudge into that consultative type business. They haven't. I mean, yeah. some of them have been setting up actually consultancy units. That's right. Uh, but then at the same time, making these giant acquisitions, right, of data companies, publicist acquisition of uh, Epsilon recently, was over four billion dollars in cash. Yeah. I mean, this is a this is a this is the biggest acquisition that that company's going to make. Uh, that's a big big play down that route of a much more transactional business, like a reseller business. Um, it's really interesting at the moment how agencies are having to reshape themselves. I think under the pressure from losing scope and billings, 
to the advertiser who's taking yeah. more control of it. And then also under threat on the consultative side from, from the consultant or the management consultant type businesses um, at the same time. It's hard to see a clear route out of that. And I think they're still trying to play both angles. So what are, what are the implications? So I think that there's one big implication and it affects and it comes from all three sides of this. And it's something which is not a good thing. And that is that we are losing culture within all of this. That's what I think. I think the more that we, the more that this battle can, continues over data and technology capability, I think we're seeing both on the advertiser, the consultancy and the agency that we're losing that human element, right? We're losing the value of relationships and of smart thinking and of service and all those kind of great things that, that the industry has been very well regarded for for many, many years. And I mean, if we look at those in turn, the consultancies arguably are trying to acquire yeah. that because they've been very busy, Accenture particularly, very busy making some big ac- acquisitions in Karma in Europe, recently yeah. Droga5 uh, in the US, although that's obviously an international agency, but you know, very strong in the US as a culture. They're trying to acquire that agency culture and they've made statements to the fact is that you know, the reason that they bought Karma originally was to try and create agency culture within, agency, within Accenture Interactive. For the agencies, the, their massive acquisitions of data companies, we see it in practice, right, is that it's turning all of those great agency people, that great agency culture, which we've all enjoyed you know, for decades, uh, you know, there's a risk it's turning everybody into salespeople for data and yeah. technology. It's turning, people in, uh, turning them all into data robots. Um, there's a new script in media agencies. The, the differentiation of media agencies uh, is, is even, f- we're in further from differentiation because we're now all telling this, or they are telling this space race story about who's got the best tech and who's got the best data. And pe- people that we'd previously enjoyed seeing in meetings and presentations who are brilliant thinkers and articulate uh, thought leaders in the industry seem to have now been briefed to sell data products. Uh, so there's a, there's a, absolute absolute undermining of agency culture going on of their own design unfortunately um, and on the client side you know whilst there's a there's an interesting dynamic there because as as advertisers try to build capabilities in media themselves whether that's you know just data analytics and strategy or whether they go whole hog and start buying media themselves it's more than just an acquisition of capability you know they have to make sure that as they bring new discipline into the business that it is sensitive to the existing Absolutely. culture. Otherwise, it's, it's like an organ transplant that's never going to take and it will eventually get yeah. rejected. And I think where we've discussed before, where that in-housing process fails is when the, object, when the process is literally building capabilities internally without understanding yeah. how that advertiser's culture can embrace these new yeah, disciplines. And that's a- that, so that's the biggest implication, I think, from all of this is this just loss, that last, that the loss of media culture uh, on all three sides is is a huge. Yeah, and loss. and you know when we work with clients to start allowing them to think more strategically about in housing, that's an important aspect of of the conversation. How do you maintain that culture? How do you infuse? Uh, in housing any kind of discipline uh, within the culture of that organization to enable 
you know, yeah. greater productivity of media in-house rather than eroding what the strengths you've already got. And the work that we've done, I think, on, on pitches as well with clients, um, I mean, we see it all the time, that the, the most compelling stories of agencies, from agencies, are when they are able to humanize the data aspect of it, when they're able to uh, not ignore the craft of media, but use that uh, through the enhancement of data. Uh, and where agencies sometimes fail, in my experience, is when they go too heavy down the data side and they haven't, they forget about the, the craft of, of media. And, and, and that's what clients want. Clients want smart media thinking that is enabled by data uh, and not, not the two separated. Yeah, exactly right. So where they're making these acquisitions, you know, the, so the, it looks like most of the holding companies are making big data acquisitions. Omnicom seemed to be the, the, you know, the outlier or the rejecter of that strategy. I think John Wren has said that he thinks that it, for Omnicom, that data is something which you should rent, not buy. So that's going to mm. be interesting to see how that plays out versus the others. I'm, I'm inclined to agree with that, but we'll see. What do I know? Um, but you know, when they're making these acquisitions, we see that in, in, meet, in large meetings with global advertisers, right? Whether they be pitches or, you know, big yeah. top-to-top meetings between agencies and advertisers, is that you now you've got a, a blend of agency people in the room who are not quite yet articulate about talking about data and technology. Like it's not quite yeah. there yet. The script feels a bit forced. Or then you've got people coming from the data side of the business who really don't understand marketing yeah. or media uh, just yet. So there's this delta... Uh, the, I think the agency that cracks that the, the quickest, who can really get that integration of narrative around data and technology versus the craft, yeah. uh, you know, the advertising Absolutely. craft and that culture of an agency is going to win hugely. It's got to be fixed, though, because at the moment it's just it's, a, it's clumsy uh, and we're a way off. That's really representing a really great value add for advertisers. The risk is that advertisers will just continue to go. Do you know what? I'm going to do this myself. Uh, you're not making it easier. In fact, in anything, you're adding layers and yeah. complexity to something which was already quite complicated. Yeah. With all those implications, then what should the marketer be thinking well, about? The first now? thing is that it's actually good news for the marketer, I think, because the range of options that they have from which to choose from has never been greater. And all of the options out there want to help a marketer in, in many, many ways. So, so don't be confused or don't be uh, intimidated by the complexity of the marketplace. It can only be a good thing. Um, the second thing, however, is that you have, as a marketer, you have to be really clear what you're looking for from a marketing communications partner. The, the more uh, refined and perhaps prescriptive you can be in terms of what you're looking, the easier it's going to be for you to then navigate this kind of marketplace. So it's those two things. Don't be intimidated by it, but be really clear what you're looking for from a partner. Yeah, exactly right. And I mean, in the work that we do with advertisers, uh, we bring a playbook to that, right? So it's quite a, it's a very structured process to identify two things. One is to lay out the scope, yeah. lay out your requirements as an advertiser. So just kind of think objectively about all the jobs to be done and then figure out, based on the marketplace and the opportunities out there, yeah. who should be doing what. Some of that you, you might decide to build capability internally, and some you, you need external specialisms, uh, or you have requirements that require you to, sure. or need you to work with a, an external, external partner. 
Um, and, but that's a very robust process, right? You have to kind of go through that to explore all the options, but it starts with asking those internal questions first. And the third and I suppose the final thing is don't lose sight of the culture. It's the most important thing of all. Uh, protect your own internal culture and make sure that you're choosing an agency partner that can enhance that, that, that can reflect that um, and that doesn't ignore that. Because uh, as impressive as you know, data scientists are and data reservoirs are, etc., Epsilon is attractive, it's the people that are going to be managing your business that that clients want to have real empathy with. So, uh, you know, don't forget about the culture and it's the people that count. Yeah, exactly right. That's where we need the investment. Don't forget to keep investing in people. Okay, good week four. Well, it's a big change week for Omnicom Media Group. Mike Cooper, long-standing CEO of PhD, has been promoted to uh, CEO of Omnicom Media Group, EMEA and APAC. He's highly well regarded, massively respected in the industry. So it's a great promotion for him, uh, hugely deserved. And in his place, Philippa Brown, who was uh, heading up uh, Omnicom Media Group in the UK. She's now going to be um, CEO of PhD. So that was a, it's a really big week for obviously those two but also the group but I also want to mention um, the fact that the Guardian uh, news group also earlier last week posted its first operating profit in nearly a decade Uh, and that's without having a paywall on it they did it by managing their costs and just kind of driving as much revenue as they can so that is a brilliant brilliant achievement uh, by the Guardian. So, Tom, it's been a bad week for... Uh, it's been a bad week or so for Accenture. Given what we've just been talking about, um, you know, this, this battleground for scope, you may have seen the story about the lawsuit. Hertz, the rental car company, are suing Accenture for failure to deliver a, web, a rebuilding of their website uh, which has been very well scoped out, apparently ran up a bill of over $30 million, mm. uh, with then many millions required by Accenture to fix some of the problems that Hertz said Accenture created in the first place. Uh, there's been a lot of kind of sniggering across the industry, as you can imagine, lots of agencies or specialist web design companies kind of saying, look, here's your problem, right? If you hire management consultants to build your website, um, they're going to charge you $50 million to follow even a, just a, and not even deliver a basic kind of template, basic functionality. So it's highlighted the tensions really between agency services and management consultancies. And it's a beautiful indication of, of where that battleground for scope is happening right now. Yeah. Right, question of the week, quite an obvious one. Who will win the battle for scope? Advertisers, agencies, or consultancies. Great. So next week, we're going to be at the Festival of Media in Rome. So if you're attending that, please reach out or come and say hello. Uh, But that's your media snack for this week. Thank you very much for watching. See you next time.